Hey everyone, this is Sam. Uh, thanks so much for listening to our Quentin Tarantino project. Um, this is the first of a couple of these that we're going to be doing. We have another one planned for uh, about a month from now, and then another one later in the year, somewhere around November, uh, is when we're planning on doing that one. Um, and uh, yeah, I want to hop in right at the top of the episode just to give some content warnings for the uh, rest of this podcast. Uh, it is a pretty long one, um, so I thought let's just hop in at the beginning, let everyone know. Um, right at the top, there is some discussion about the uh, in- bodies of indigenous children that were found across Canada over the past month, uh, pr- briefly, um, and then throughout the rest of the episode, um, just due to the nature of Tarantino's movies and the people that he worked with, Uh, There is a lot of conversation about rape and Harvey Weinstein and uh, violence against women in particular. Um, So want to top in, let everyone know that's in here. Um, We don't go into crazy details or anything, but it is just a topic that is discussed uh, quite a bit uh, in the next two hours. I hope you enjoy the podcast. It is a long one, but there's a lot to talk about. um, And I think this was a, a good episode in my opinion i had a good time talking to andrew about quentin tarantino so i'm gonna pop in this vhs and uh y'all can get started uh with your listening Just find us a way to go. Baby, 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 we're out of time. I said, I don't know. I don't know any more songs. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Everyone outside and in between. Welcome. Welcome back. back. Uh, <laughs> we we did it, and we're we doing did it. it. Um, this is a, a art discussion podcast about movies, uh, and my name is Sam Banigan. And I am Andrew Thomas. And Andrew, before we get into how we do the how are is of the course. movies, all that stuff, um, a couple weeks ago, I believe on the Inside episode, um, I talked about the recent discovery of 215 bodies of uh, indigenous children at a residential school in BC. That number has risen as other residential schools have been uh, examined and looked at uh, to 1,323 previously unknown uh bodies um 
And I just wanted to mention right here at the top that this is all fucking bullshit. Um, and the Canadian government for real needs to step up and, and, and do something just anything at all. Cause they're not doing anything. Um, and this fucking sucks. Uh, if any of our listeners, if any of your family has, has been affected by Canada's history of, of the residential schools, uh, I'm so sorry. There are many different crisis lines. If you need people to talk to, uh, if you need resources, um, those are, are, uh, readily available, uh, on online. Um, and it's been Cancel Canada Day, and it will always be Cancel Canada Day until uh, this shit is dealt with, which knowing Canada will take a stupid amount of time. I thought you were uh, going to say a century. It could be a century. It could oh, take a well, very long time. sad. <laughs> Canada has puts up this image of being like oh we're the nice country we're all we're all this we're all that people are always like oh racism isn't as bad in canada we're just way better at hiding it than other countries that's all it is uh and it's from this sort of history that residential schools um took part in of hiding the crimes that they were committing um yeah so fuck the church Fuck Canada. Um, I'm so sorry if you or anyone you know was affected by this genocide. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say, this is where I talk about stuff. No, it's always important. It's always, I, always important. I sort of realized a while ago, I was like, if I started posting this stuff on my like Instagram or Twitter, I would never stop and I would be miserable all the time. And I'm already miserable enough, so <laughs> I'm just going to talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it, man. Please, please. Yeah. It is a platform. It, we're also uh, fully hitting a heat wave in Edmonton, so I have a fan on in the room that uh, is going to remain on because this podcast is going to be long. <laughs> yes, it will be. Yes. But Sam, but, how, how are you? Oh, I'm I'm good. This week has been nice. Um, I got to like see a bunch of people this week. Oh, which that's was nice. I got a new tattoo. Uh, watched some bad movies, but I watched some good movies in there. Uh, you know what movie fucking slaps that I watched last night? What 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 movie? Spotlight. Oh yes, of course. Spotlight. They slaps. knew. They knew it. They let it happen it's to children. Terrible. It's a it's great. It's incredible. Mark Ruffalo, <laughs> a true treasure. Uh, also, I watched all the Daniel Craig James Bond movies in one evening, basically. Oh, good gore, good gore, I had to nothing good to God. do. I had nothing to do on a Friday yeah. night. <laughs> Actually, yeah, no, I've been there, but yeah. I'm lame. Don't judge me. <laughs> Don't look at me and pretend. You're talking to someone who bought a bottle of wine and watched both Kill Bill movies oh on a gosh. Friday night. Yeah. How are you, Andrew? How's your week been? Um, It's been a strange one. 
it's it's been I haven't been in this way since I watched the filmography of Mr. Lars von Trier. Sometimes, mm. sometimes we 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 watch movies and Andrew just gets obsessed. Andrew just <laughs> gets bewildered at how this happened. Yeah, um, I've I've done stand up. There have there have been days specifically where I'm like, all right, tonight I'm going to do stand up. I also need to watch Django. Let me just watch Django. I don't, I'm not going <laughs> to wake up early and watch Django. Let me watch Django now. So. Yeah, no, I've been I've been enthralled this pretty much this whole week. Yeah. And other stuff. And then just you know, it's Pride Pride Week here in, in NYC. Ooh. So happy Pride to everyone out there. Hell yeah. I hope this you're celebrating. Weird... Hope you're going going hard if you can. <laughs> this is a weird episode to end Pride Month on, but Yeah, it is are. indeed a weird episode. Oh, remember Luca? <laughs> that oh. was that was the. This is July. Oh. This is July negative thirtieth. <laughs> That's how numbers work. Um, yeah, no, I've been all right, and cannot wait to get back to my normal life. This this will be a cathartic podcast for me. Wonderful, I'm glad. Um, Speaking of glad, Quentin Tarantino. Just yeah, the guy. <laughs> Just the guy. Quentin. Because he's a trash bag. <laughs> Glad's a trash bag, yes? Yeah. Oh, is that... Okay, great. Great. Amazing. Yeah. Glad <laughs> is a brand of, tra- of bag. Is <laughs> a brand uh, of bag. Yeah, they make like Ziploc bags. And stuff yeah. Too, so they make other stuff. Um, yeah, but, no. uh, do you want, do you want just before we get into individual movies, do you want like a big overview? Yes, of course. Of the filmography of Quentin Tarantino, all of think? his major motion pictures. What'd you think, buddy? What did I think? <sighs> like, I think he's an artist of a lifetime. <laughs> Like, I think he's amazing. I think, like, he's outstandingly good. That's why. Um, I have issues with him personally. <laughs> you don't get to say that on the, so. on, the, on the podcast. I don't oh, usually damn. say that. But movies bang, bro. Also, I need to apologize to my mother. This is the Quentin Tarantino podcast. I'm gonna get sick of saying the N-word and just say it. At one point. I don't know when. We might be three minutes in. We might be ten minutes in. We might be an hour and ten minutes in. But at one point, I'm just gonna be like, whatever. At one point, Andrew will swear on the podcast for the first time. Um, and what a what a fitting episode! What a fitting episode, right? <laughs> <coughs> um, God damn! Yeah, no, I think he's a very tender filmmaker and a very sensitive filmmaker. I very much believe that. I think he's okay. a very That's sweet the... filmmaker. Oh, oh, we're on. gonna get into it, Sam. Don't you worry. Don't what? you worry, Sam. We're gonna what get into in it. The fuck. Um. But also. His movies are fun. That it's something that I talk about all the time. 
that sometimes you need you need a film to be deep. You need this. You need that. But the most important thing, you just need to be fun. You need to be some fun escapism. And I think all of his films do that to one degree or another. Opening statement. Also, I have okay. to say, I have to do a shout out to Justin. Justin was like, I can't wait for Welcome Back, Sam and Andrew's Mexican standoff. <laughs> he was like, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Uh, holy shit, dude. Um, I knew you liked him. I didn't think it was going to be this. Neither did I. Starting this. Uh, starting this, I really was like, he's fine. He's all right. He's an okay filmmaker. Really, before we even started on this journey, my opinions on Quentin Tarantino was, he's okay. Um, he makes fun movies that are big. He makes movies that aren't made anymore, which is nice, but whatever. Then I watched all his films recently, and oh boy, Andrew went on a trip. Jesus Christ. Um, okay. All right. All right. Sure. Uh-huh. Okay. I think he's a hack. I think he's a piece of shit. I think he's I think he's awful. I start I also I started in a similar place to you. I started thinking, yeah, he's pretty all right. Isn't yeah. that so weird? Thought he was fine. Do you remember this is going to be a long episode, so scrap, strap in, folks. Do yeah, you remember, we, we saw a movie, some movie in Dolby at Lincoln Square. And I walked in, and I sit down, and a trailer for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood played. And you were mm. like, are you going to cover your ears? Are you going to look away? Don't you want to see this movie? And I was like, eh, who cares? Yeah, about I Tarantino I in 2018. That. I do remember that. I Or 2019, whatever it could have happened. Whatever. whatever. Um. Yeah, no, this was not always me. I was not this guy, and I hate that I'm this guy now. <laughs> I hate it. I'm you honestly should. hoping that maybe, who knows, maybe he'll switch me. Probably won't, but who I knows? I'm not smart enough to do that. Oh, yes, you are. We've been doing this for a while. What's my catchphrase, Sam? You just cracked it. Sam, you just you haven't said it in a, in months, so I don't know. I think I might have lost my touch. <laughs> no, not at all. I don't know what it is. Okay. I think he's a piece of shit. I yeah, I started I started thinking, yeah, he's alright. I got nothing against him. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's a good dude. Um but I got nothing against his movies. And then I watched all his movies. <laughs> and now I think he's truly horrible. I think he like it truly has like ruined a, a good portion of of uh, how mainly dudes see movies and art and stuff. I think it has. I think he has truly been a detriment to modern cinema, Ooh. Uh, and therefore modern culture, because of course, movies influence culture in a crazy way uh so yeah i think he's a piece of shit um for many many reasons and i'm sure we'll get into them i cannot wait this is gonna be a fun one you know what sam no matter what happens 
I'll still love you at the end of this podcast. I'll love you. I love you too. But... <laughs> I'll still love you at the end of this podcast. But this is a, I'll tell you what, this is going to be a rough one for me. Yeah, rough one. A rough, rough, rough one. A rough one. Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. 1991. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, Reservoir Dogs. 1992. Ah, dang it. 1992's Reservoir Dogs. Well, Sam, what'd you think? Hi, Ebenezer. Um, it's fine. I do, it's not... It sounds... Here's the deal. It sounds like it was written by a dweeb, because it was. Uh, I stand you by that. You tweeted that, and I laughed so hard. No one... No one talks this way. This is how this is how the biggest nerd on the planet thinks cool people talk, and it makes no sense. Um, the movie is fine. It's I don't. The thing that I think we're gonna keep coming back to in a lot of these is, I don't think he says anything with these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and Reservoir Dogs is like super. I don't think it's about anything. It's just like, wouldn't this be cool? And then he did that, and it's kind of just boring. And you can't mm-hmm. understand half the people talking. They're just yelling incoherently for a good chunk of time. I was not a fan of Reservoir Dogs. It's fine. If you like it, you like it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, What'd you think? <coughs> I'm on the better half of it's fine. I think okay. it's. I think it's good. I think it's good. It's a, you know, if you're trying to make a movie and it's your first studio movie and you need to come up with a fun, clever idea, show a bank robbery, show every aspect of a bank robbery except the bank robbery. It's fun. It's cute. And I love how it's told out of order. Um, It's fun and a very, very nice uh, opening statement of his career. Um, With me, and I've seen your tweets Follow Sam on Twitter. Uh, pl- plug <laughs> plug that Twitter real quickly. Plug it. Plug it. It's just at Sam Ban again. I did a lot of tweeting about Tarantino. I'm going to yes. be tweeting about all my all of our Welcome Back projects. I should actually tweet about Cora because I started watching that. Let's last night, please. Because um, uh, Cora is really good. <laughs> I loved all the tweets. It was great. Some were just really funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull them up so that I can reference. Please reference them. Um, I, uh, I I do disagree that I think this I think this movie is about something. Um, for me, I think the movie's about what it what it means to be a man, or not what it means to be a man. What it <laughs> how the human Quentin Tarantino tries to be a man. Every character in this, all the all the dogs, all the colors, are like personalities in his head, just talking, just talking endlessly. That's his that's his hell on earth. And he's just trying to figure out how to be a man. To me, the the Tim Roth and Harvey Keitel storyline, there's a clear parallel of of I shouldn't say clear. There's a parallel of uh, a father-son relationship. And and I feel like Harvey Cartel's uh, story arc is trying to figure out what he should do. Should he stay loyal to this guy? Should he save this kid? Should he do... And it's kind of just 
what does it mean to be a macho man in the world? And in the end, does it really matter? That's to me what I see when I see the movie. Also, Tim Roth's story, I think, is great. I think that's like almost... I won't say his thesis, because I think he has another thesis statement in the next movie we're going to talk about. But when Tim Roth is telling the story, and he's learning it, and he's learning it, and then he's perfecting it, and then he really gets it, then you're in the story. And there's that big 360 shot. I think that's just Quentin Tarantino saying, hey, aren't stories great? Stories can transcend this. At one point, you can be in the story. Isn't that awesome? I think that's all that is. It's it's a nice first movie. Nothing groundbreaking, but it's fun. It's nice. That's how I feel. All right. Um, I just please, if you disagree with me, hold hold me to it. I do disagree, but I I don't know. There's so much. My thing with like these first couple movies, um, is I really didn't get anything out of them. Like mm-hmm. I really. They just were like nothing. Um, when I really start having bigger thoughts about stuff is like Kill Bill onward. Okay. Um, so I, I do disagree with what you're saying, but I don't have, I didn't put enough time and thought into this, like into these first couple movies that I watched a month ago to, to fully develop my argument. Oh, okay. This moment. You know what I mean? Yes. No, I get what you mean. Do you have? Any I, other... I mean, like, I see. I see what you mean. I just think. I don't know. It just it. If that's what he's going for, I don't. It didn't work for me at all. Mm. I yeah. guess. But I don't. I yeah. I really didn't think it was really about anything. Just felt. I feel like a lot of his movies are about nothing. But wouldn't it look cool if? Uh, I get that. I think I think Reservoir Dogs is probably the one exception to that because there is, like, I see that meaning in there. Now that you've talked about it, I don't mm-hmm. think it works, but I get what you're going for. Um, you know, yeah, no, I totally get you. Um, is there anyone in the cast or any technical thing you would like to mention? Oh, uh, for all these movies, I would like to just just anyone you want to shout out. I have no one in Reservoir Dogs. Everyone does yeah, a pretty no. fine job. They're all totally fine. And then they keep showing up. Um, in every movie forever. <laughs> he has a cast of characters. A cast of characters like a play. But, you know, much like a lot of plays, it's full of fiction. That, you was, know? Bad. that was bad. <laughs> That's Much a like one. a lot of plays, it's full of fiction. Pulp Fiction. 1994's Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Uh, this is like the big one. This is the big one. Um, I do have to say, this is the one that I'm like, I think it's a masterpiece. I think it is It is one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, I love this movie. With Reservoir Dogs, with a few of these movies I've seen before, I've been I was writing during them. I you know did some adult stuff, looking for jobs. I was trying to do that with Pulp Fiction, and also spoiler alerts for his entire filmography, every single one. Um, yeah. When they're trying to 
resuscitate uh, Mia Wallace, Uma Thurman, and he has to jam the needle in. That moment I've seen a hundred times. I was sitting on my bed watching the TV, completely enthralled. Everything I was doing just went to a stop. It was so just, I think that movie's so great. And also Samuel L. Jackson, forget about it. It's amazing. That is an amazing performance from Mr. Samuel L. Jackson. It's what made him Samuel L. Jackson. Um, yeah, no, I'm a very, very, very big fan of of the film. Sam? It's fine. I liked it more than I like Reservoir Dogs, but I just... Again, maybe I'm just a big, stupid dummy. Not um, at all. But what the fuck? Like, this movie isn't about anything. And also, the, I also was pretty... Um, this was the start. I think this was the beginning of the end for me, for Tarantino <laughs> in his second movie. In his second movie. Oh, no. Because yeah. um, this movie is like fucking deeply bad. How much How much did Quentin Tarantino grow up just wanting to say the N-word? Oh, can't I again? What? Two minutes ago? I said, <laughs> I said this was a perfect movie. Bothered fourteen-year-old Andrew, bothered twenty-year-old Andrew, and it bothers twenty-five-year-old Andrew. It's wild. It's wild how many times he writes white men saying white people saying the n-word across his filmography. It's whack. I really. It was. It was it's a lot. Something like, right. Is, you got some fucking issues, my guy. Um, also, just like how deeply, like shitty the um uh the rape thing was I was like this is not mm, yes what's the point like you aren't doing anything you're just using this because like it's, for the it's shittiest reasons it's like, it's 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 yeah, outrageous like, it is supposed to be outraging outrageous it's just sure it's just, I don't, and he keeps doing it, which really bugs me. Um, I just think it's not, I don't think it's very good. I also just didn't really like the movie. I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. I liked it more than I like Reservoir Dogs, but that's because, yeah, Sam Jackson's great. And Uma Thurman's great. Johnny T? Like, he's fine. Bill, <laughs> Brucey W? He's also fine. Um, uh, it was just like whatever sure <laughs> it's a movie that I've now seen and no one died when I watched it which was important that was important <clears throat> I believe you've told this story on the podcast but yeah you have a quite a so. crazy uh, Pulp history Fiction, with this movie yeah Pulp Fiction was cursed the first time I tried to watch it the power went out in my building and then the second time I, watched, I tried to watch it my mom fell off a ladder uh, at work so I didn't watch it for like 10 years and then andrew thomas said you better watch it (laughs) yeah and then i like i like secretly watched it one day so that no one would do anything bad and then no one died so it's all good that is very very good um can can i tell you what i see when i watch pulp fiction of course Yeah, yeah um another movie where i think i think 
for me, the thesis statement of his career is the diner scene with Samuel Jackson and Tim Roth when he's talking about his Bible verse. I think that is almost the whole thesis of his whole career. Um, it's been a month. Can you remind me? Um, I've watched a lot of fucking movies. Jeez, what what is it? Let's see if fourteen year old Andrew can shine. Much like every fourteen year old, you knew I knew that that full Bible verse. Um, oh, of course he did. Because um, he's like he's yeah. He, I don't I don't need you to tell me the Bible verse, but oh man, you Damn. can if you want. I <laughs> no, I don't remember it. Um, um, it's the moment where he's talking about the shepherd and the wrath of vengeful men. And and uh, tyranny and evil, and he says, "Oh All yeah, right, maybe I'm, yeah, maybe exactly. I'm the tyranny. Maybe this I'm gun here's the shepherd, and you yeah. are evil, or maybe it's this or that. And I don't remember what he landed on, but I think it's Samuel Jackson. He is the shepherd, and he's trying to do better. He's trying to be better." And so you, you think that's Tarantino's like whole filmography is him trying to be better because he act, he very actively gets a lot worse after this movie. I mean, in a much lot like of a lot of jerky guys, I think he means in his films, like in his career, in in honing his skills as a as a writer director okay. as an auteur. That just makes him say. worse. But all right. Um. But what I and I'll say this quickly. What I think, what I like about the movie is 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 karma. Is is karma real? What is this world? Why are we all here? <laughs> Action and consequences. You know. I think. Do your actions have consequences? You hope so. Sometimes you don't. Do you just have to be a good person to, to, to be better and have good things happen to you? I'm not sure. But boy, isn't this a fun hangout movie? I think the movie is as scattered as you as you see it. Like it there isn't one single this is what this is about. Even like Reservoir Dogs. It's not yeah. I think there's a lot of loose themes that make this spider web. That's it. Great. And it's, I feel like with a lot of his filmography, if you like it, great. And if you don't, thanks for sticking around. I think that's a lot of Pulp Fiction. It is very meditative to bring it back to a ghost story. (laughs) Meditative. I'm joking. It's not meditative, but it's very. Uh. I don't know the word. I don't know what the word I'm looking for. All right. I do um, not. I cannot find it. Cannot okay. find it. It's it's just hard. Sometimes I'm trying to think of words. There's a lot of words you know, out there. And I'm like blackout. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen, you know, black exploitation Like Jackie Brown? Because <laughs> blackout, exploitation. <laughs> Wild, wild transition. Uh, King of transitions, right here. Jackie Brown. So, I didn't really, I thought Jackie Brown was fine. I thought it was really boring. Um, My thing about Jackie Brown that I thought was so weird 
was that like you and other people I know whenever Tarantino came up in a conversation and someone would be like oh he's like very sexist or very racist uh, which are both things that I think are extremely true but um, people including you Andrew Thomas you said this to me one time people would go but he made Jackie Brown <laughs> hey we're all learning aren't we and aren't I we? watched Jackie <laughs> Brown being like okay so this is gonna be a redeeming film I suppose in some ways and holy shit is it not it's super duper not uh it was like definitely the most racist of the fir- of the three, uh, and it was pretty sexist too. It was pretty bad, uh, but I just thought the movie was really boring. I I honestly almost fell asleep. Like I might have fallen asleep. I don't know. It was so boring. Um, I like Jackie Brown. I like it. All right. I, I'm going to tell you this right now, especially with the next two films we're going to be talking about. And oh, I mean Jesus. this genuinely. I don't think Tarantino has ever made a feminist piece. I think it is inca- I think it's incapable of him to make a uh, completely. feminist piece. Are you kidding me? The way he uh, uses women's bodies as, as fetish objects throughout all of his filmography is like truly disgusting. I feel like there are more movies that show your point more. Am yeah. I right? Okay, so yeah. please, when we get to those movies, please shout out those moments. They're coming up like very fast. So. <laughs> um, what I like about this film is I like how quiet it is. I like how how thought. Yeah, I'll say it. Thoughtful it is. Um, okay. I think the movie. Because Pam Greer, you know, Foxy Brown, Coffee, um, we've, we've seen her as this, as this, you know, this woman coming out, trying to, trying to rage against the machine of men. Check out Foxy Brown. We've seen that. And this is just a woman trying to, trying to live, trying to live. <laughs> There's something very real. Something that I think is a problem with Tarantino is that he really much relies on your film knowledge. You shouldn't have to take, you know, Cinema 101 to understand half his movies. That's, that is a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a hindrance? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, but I think looking at the film with that, also Robert Forster's incredible in this movie i think i think he's really really good who's that um the the man she ends up with she kisses at the, the end the, the bell the, the bells bosman guy Bonsman. cool um i think he's great in this movie and i love how simple and real the movie is um and i also think pam greer's performance is also out of this world um all right yeah, no, I like Jackie Brown. I can tell you this. I had to rewind a few times. I told you earlier <laughs> I was working on stuff. There were some times I was like, wait, what? 
what the fuck is going on? Wait, what? Huh? What? Yeah, totally I felt lost. that way. I felt totally lost, and I and I watched it. So, <laughs> who's to say? Who's to say? Indeed. Uh but um, was this the first thing you've ever seen with Pam Greer? Yeah. Uh, did you like her? I think so. She was fine. I didn't. She was a, a actress from the nineties. Well, mainly for the 70s. Much... Okay, but I saw her right. thing in the 90s, so I was like, yeah, that feels accurate. Oh, she's in Mars Attacks. I saw, I've seen Mars Attacks. Ah. That's it. That's the only one. Only one. A lot of people yeah. marry their only one. That You know, it becomes their groom or their bride. Mm-hmm. Their only one is their bride, Kill Bill. Kill Bill, Volume <sighs> One rough. and Two. Depends on how you look at it. The whole bloody affair. Two or... movies. <laughs> two movies. I I despite... disagree. Um, they were released as two separate movies. The Kill Bill Volume One doesn't have an ending, and Kill Bill Volume Two doesn't have a beginning. They are released as two separate movies on two separate years. They were written and filmed as one film. Okay, so we're Back to the Future 2 and 3. Those are two separate movies. But yeah, it's called Back to the Future 2. Back to the Future 3. Yeah, because it's two separate movies. Yeah, Volume Volume 1. Yeah, you could also... You could say Back to the Future, Volume 1, 2, and 3. Just because you put chapter in front of it... Just because you put chapter or volume in front of your bullshit, Tarantino, doesn't make you a good writer. Just makes you a piece of shit who doesn't know how to connect (laughs) your goddamn stories. Um, Chapter breaks are for books. Like, they're, they're like, putting them in movies sometimes, and they... I don't don't think they ever worked in his fucking movies. I was pissed off every single time. I was like, fuck you, you pretentious ass. Every single time. (laughs) Um, now we're getting heated. I really didn't like Kill Bill. Fuck Kill Bill. Both I of them. love Kill Bill. I love the second one more, but so the here's second the one thing. is better. The second one. I is better. have never liked Kill Bill. I've never, ever, ever liked it until last Friday. <laughs> I was like, <clears throat> dang! I loved Pulp Fiction a bit too much. Oh, I know Kill Bill's gonna bring me back down. Great. <laughs> Let me just watch it. As... Wine. Let me because I knew that there were cool fights. Great, awesome. Let me just get what get a bottle of wine, order pizza, have a good old time. Woohoo! Swords. Yeah. 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 Um And this film is very stylistic, which I think is a big help. What film looks like this? I just I think this is peak I think this is the peak of Tarantino. I think this is is so stylistically beautiful and 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 so fun, so fun. Um, with Kill Bill Volume One, Kill Bill Volume Two, I cried twice. I cried two separate times. Can I tell you which times? Sure. Um. So the first time it was uh, it was when she was locked in the coffin. She was buried underground and you're like, Oh uh-huh. no, what is, what is our bride going to do? Now let me take you back for 20 minutes on how she's the most awesome person on earth. 
and She's do the, the most insanely fight. racist caricature like I've ever seen. <laughs> And then the, we go the back l- into that coffin and you're like, oh, racism. she's gonna be she's gonna be okay. She's getting out of this box, no problem. It was very just it was very emotional to me. I just love that, like the power within you. You can do it. I love that. That made me cry. You're not wrong. What do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? You're not wrong. They're in brown face in West Side Story. I still love West Side Story. I'm I'm dead. You think this doesn't hurt me, Sam? I'm black. You think I don't feel bad? I do feel bad. We talk, of course, but, 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 but. Oh, Lordy. You think if Song of the South didn't slap, I'd be like, man, I hate Song of the South. But zippity do that. You think I wouldn't do that? No, luckily it's a bad movie. Thank God it's a bad movie. <laughs> oh my god um and the second one and this ties into what i think this film for me what i see i could be completely wrong and i did some research no one else has this reading so who knows there's yeah. this moment where uh the bride she's reconnected with her uh, her daughter and they're watching tv and this is a film, I'm going to jump ahead of just a little bit. This is, I feel like Quentin Tarantino, whenever people watch movies or TV, it's a very sacred thing. Um, and I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood specifically shows like that is like the power of watching something with a friend. Um, so when watching this scene, I was like, oh, where it all started. That's so nice. Oh my God, that's his mom. I think the bride's his mom. Quentin Tarantino's mother. I think it is Quentin Tarantino's mother. Who's to say? Maybe they watched the Bruce Lee movies together and he just made this for her and said, Hey mom, I know it was hard. I know it was hard to have Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Roy Tarantino as a son. And I get it. The world is hard. But I want you to know, this is what I see every time I look at you. Every time I see you, this is who you are. The coolest, baddest person on earth. That's who I see you as, mom. And it just touched me. Maybe I just love my mommy too much. I don't know. I think I think you might love your mommy. But I really, especially with the ending, the last shot of the movie, when we do the credits of everyone... And it's on Uma Thurman's face, and it says Uma Thurman as the bride, a.k.a. Black Mamba, a.k.a. Mommy. And that's the last shot of the film. I, I, I do not think I'm, I'm so on the ledge. I could be wrong. Also, can I tell you something? Actually, I'm going to save this bit of information. I want to hear more about your thoughts about uh, Kill Bill. Kill Bill sucks. Um, Kill Bill, I think, is like actually very bad. Um, it lacks meaning in in such a awful way. Like, if 
this is what I said on Twitter, and I, and I want to reiterate it because I think it it is really fucked up. Um, if you want to make a cool, stylish movie about some basic revenge plot, go right ahead. Fucking go for it, dude. I don't give a shit. I won't like the movie, but at least I won't be angry about it. <laughs> um, yes. But to make that movie and then make it like truly deeply horrible of multiple pedophiles and multiple rapists it's so absurdly awful to do um not to mention like the the weird fetish fetishes i fetish fetishism of different Asian cultures and of women and women's bodies and violence against women is so fucked up is so bad. And it's not high Ebenezer. Yes. I know it's hot, baby. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, I think it's, I think it's truly, I think it's awful. Like, I think, I think this was, Really, when I went, oh, Tarantino's like truly a horrendous person. I had my suspicions before (laughs) watching this. I was like, I was like, this takes the fucking cake. This is insanely Mm. bad. Um, and I, I just, I was like disgusted by these movies. Um, yeah, it was. It was awful. I I didn't want to watch them. I ve- I pretty I very actively was like I don't want to be sitting here watching this movie. And that only got worse in the next uh, couple movies. Five films. The next movie specifically, but it keeps going. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I was. I yeah. Also, just like Quentin Tarantino almost killed Uma Thurman. Yes, she did. This movie, which is like. I don't know that that really extends out to um, how he views, I think, people, but more specifically women, because I mean, I could I can I can I can count on exactly zero hands uh, how many close ups of men's feet we get in all of his movies. <laughs> Very well, um, there's a few in Django. <laughs> Okay, I can count on one hand, <laughs> and I I lost count of how many really long close-ups of women's feet there were uh, across his movies, um, and I don't know if I want to start yelling about his fetish stuff now or in the next movie. Um, uh, I would love for you to talk about violence against women in this film specifically. Because my thing is... It gets worse in Death Proof, but yeah. I Oh yeah, I get, I hear you, man. But they're warriors, right? They're, they're, they're warriors. I don't know, right? They're warriors. They're, yes, that is what they're here to do. That's, that's the whole point of this whole shebang. It's not Death Proof. It's not the first 30 minutes of Death Proof. It's it it's is. not the last thirty minutes of Death Proof. What do you want? Like, 
to me it is for it's it's he wanted to have these these women be these warriors and yes warriors get beat up and beat people up i just yes. want to hear your what but do you think is, that steps over the line there is a level of like putting them in like weirdly sex sexy outfits and putting them in these like um you know Lucy Lou's makeup is always perfect you know like they don't let like if you want to make a movie with a woman who is a fighter you can definitely do that and that works and i think you know a lot of male directors have done it and it has worked not perfectly but it has worked um in in movies after this and and before this probably i don't know i'm not as well versed in cinema as as andrew thomas is um but just it it be, it has become such a theme at this point in his movies that women are the ones who get this sort of violence in, inflicted upon them and if it's men they get raped and or their ear made, cut off. made to feel uh, uh um because because I, in Tarantino's mind it seems like the worst thing that the mo- the most awful thing that could happen to a man is to be treated like a woman. And that's super fucked up. That's in, that's that's an, a level of so, insanely fucked up that is like some true just, patriarchal sexism at its at its worst. Yeah, I, I uh, totally agree with you. Yeah. And so I think that is extremely prevalent in Kill Bill. Um uh and it's and it's just fucked up. It's just so fucked up. Mm-hmm. And I also, uh, I honestly, I really don't like Tarantino's style. I don't like. Yeah, it's. That's, I don't think yeah. it's. I don't think it's doing anything. I don't think you're saying anything. I think you're just doing like, wouldn't this look cool? But it's like, your style has to, like, do something to your story, or else what's the point? Like, Spider Verse I... doesn't work as like a gray Marvel movie. Right, Spider Verse works because it's colorful and it's over the top, and the style works and it adds to it. You know, like I mean, it's it's a cartoon, right? You all right? I just heard a very weird sound. Oh, please check on it. I'm gonna go look around. Sorry. Um, no, you're good. Um, I can still hear you. Okay, cool. I I think for me with the style, it's a cartoon. It is so. It's so outrageous. She picks a man's eyeball out. She starts breakdancing and cuts off people's limbs. She 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 busts out of a coffin and starts crawling in the dirt like a gerbil. Like there there are things that are just supposed to be so heightened and so crazy that I I feel like it works. Also, I do like how many I hate saying this out loud. 
I like the references to other films that he has in his films. God, he's he says fucking it, obsessed with it. He says it's, um, and I like it, and I almost agree. I wish more people did it. He said like it's like a, a rapper where you use a beat from another song, you take a hook from another song, and guess what? You got a brand new song right there. It, it is, I think it is very, very uh, cool. I makes I think it makes him an unoriginal piece of shit. Um, every time I saw that fucking shot from um, that Western movie, I got pissed because he uses it a lot. Oh, the, the one the with bad, the door. The bad, the ugly? And the, oh, and the, the searchers. Yes, yeah. the searchers. Yes, yes, yes. He uses that shot a lot. And I was like, can you come up with an original fucking idea? Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I think Tarantino sucks. I The way I like it, because I feel like he's constantly having a conversation with me. That's That's the thing. That's what I like about it. It feels like he is talking about that shot whenever he uses it. Feels like he's like, all right, I'm using it here. Why am I using it here? I'll make you think about it. It it, it is it is very uh, conversational with its audience. He is very sure. Conversational I think with his audience, I think I if believe. I think if you are, I think Quentin Tarantino makes movies for dudes who like the exact same movies that Tarantino likes. And nobody else. Also, and here's one thing I'll say, and I even said this in my letterbox review uh, for Kill Bill 2. Listen, the thing that really hurt me, and another reason why I cried during Kill Bill Part (sighs) 2, I really can't imagine being a woman and watching that movie. And that movie moved me so much that I was willing to walk out on my abusive relationship. Or... Or this movie made me feel so empowered that I chose to do something different in my life. I feel bad for every little girl who this movie woke them up and was like, okay, so what is this? Who's uh, Sturgio uh, Laroni? I said his name completely wrong. But, you know, what are these films? What are these Cowboys films? Who who is Clint Eastwood? What's The Searchers? I feel so bad for them. For just 14 years later to hear all this awful things about the two men who were creatively involved with Quentin Tarantino and, um, of course, Mr. Harvey Weinstein. Um, Biggest piece of shit. Of course. I got so pissed at the beginning of every goddamn movie. Every single one. And I was just like, this motherfucker. Every single one it was, wasn't it? But at this point, he really thought his career was was death proof. <laughs> death proof, fucking sex. Um. Uh, what what are we at? I did Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. You did. It is your turn. Pulp Fiction. I did Jackie Brown. You did Kill Bill. I'm doing Death Proof. Death Proof is one of the most deeply horrendous films I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, uh, the amount of fetishiz- fetishization of uh, women's feet and violence against women in this movie is to an astronomical level that I true I was like 
blown away that the person who made this movie was still allowed to work. Um, and then I remembered that, oh, right, he has one of the most notorious rapists of the past five years as his main producer. Uh, so, of course, he was still allowed to make movies because Harvey Weinstein loved to rape the women that um, Quentin Tarantino hired, um, including and not limited to Uma Thurman, who we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, Death Proof was like deeply, deeply fucked up, was deeply horrible. Um I don't even know where to start with this fucking movie, dude. I don't. It's awful. It's so bad. I do kind of like it. That's kind of fucked up, if I'm honest. I think it is very much a a criticism to these 1970s exploitation films. It is very much a let me you know what that first half cuz the movie is tr- is set in two halves um yeah. that first half reminded me a lot of cloverfield it reminded me so much of cloverfield of 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 this obnoxious just scene that had to take place for the ending to work but it's so obnoxious i agree with that first half i really am just like whatever sure cool you can do this just because you can doesn't mean you should but you can i do love the ending or not love i really really like the ending um and i i i i love how how not sweet quick it is let's go kill that guy you know what we will and we did hooray that's not that doesn't redeem any th- bullshit that happened before that just says that I is think just, it's larger. That is in- just more violence. That is just more pointless violence. That that, that is like so. It's so. It doesn't is it do Tarantino's anything. Tarantino's like, violence, the way he films violence, do you not like? Is it that it's so cartoony? You feel like it minimalizes these real horrendous acts? Yeah, mm-hmm. like this is deeply. Also, no women would ever. Like, straight up, no women would ever leave their friend who had, like, fallen asleep at a stranger's farm in the middle of buttfuck nowhere and say, and and be like, oh, yeah, we're going to imply that she'll fuck him. And then the three of us are going to leave, leave her alone. That was like, I, I wanted to scream. I wanted to, like, punch this motherfucker in the face. Like, I was like, you so deeply... You're so you're so deeply okay with rape, and it's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. It's so insane um, that like this happened. That this movie exists is awful. I think like I was, oh, I was so pissed. I was like, I'm still angry about this. I never ever want to think about this movie ever again after we stop. After we after after I say the next film. Yeah, like, I'm, um, I'm fucking done with this bullshit. Because any, like, I'm going to talk about his, about his fucking foot fetish. Please, please. Um, I feel like this is the good time to do it. Because it's in this movie a lot. And his fetishes, uh, his uh, fetishizing of, of violence is also in this movie a lot. Um, 
fucking stop it. Like, if you have a foot fetish, go for it. I don't give a shit. Do whatever you want to do, man. Like whatever you want to like. But as with all things about sex, and this is why I feel okay with saying stuff like, I think Quentin Tarantino is pretty chill with rape. Um, Also, not to mention how, well, this is the thing we're going to talk about later, but him defending Roman Polanski um, uh, is also deeply fucked up. Um, Fetish in general requires consent. I am not consenting to your fetish, Quentin Tarantino. Uh, And I think it's fucked up that you keep putting it in your movies. You keep doing it over and over again. And it's like, if it happened once or twice, I would be fine with it. I would be like, yeah, I don't know. Let Quentin be be horny. Whatever. If it was just one or two film. Uh, Yeah, I get that. But it's everywhere. It's all over the place. It's to the point where, like, I've seen... <laughs> like, I know where you're going I've seen with this. sex workers... Oh, never mind. Like, I don't. <laughs> advertise their feet pics as, like, Tarantino things. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll cover up their... Like, if they take a photo uh, of, of themselves, they'll, like, cover their feet with a, like, sticker on, like, Instagram or whatever that says written and directed by Quentin Tarantino because it's like, it's to this level of, of ridiculousness. And I just think like, if you want to look at feet, go right ahead, have fun. I wish you the best. Stop putting your fetish in your fucking movies. Cause I don't want to see it. What I thought don't you do, were going to say. And, earlier. and in a broader, and in a broader conversation, don't do any fetish shit out, out, where people aren't consenting that girl who like pretends to be a dog because that's like her fetish just in public that's fucked up do that in the privacy of your own home like just do that like i'm 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 trying to just live my life i don't want to see your fetish just out and about there is there is a level of of like that stuff that is just it's just ridiculous two things um what I thought you were going to say earlier, I thought you were going to say, I've seen so many feet. I've seen more feet in his movies than I've seen in real life. I thought you were going to say something along be. those lines. That's why I started Andrew, laughing. That could be accurate. Um, What dog woman? What are you talking about? There's this girl. There was this girl. She got really famous on like TikTok or something um, because she... Uh, made a bunch of videos where she pretends to be a dog. Um, and she was like advertising her OnlyFans. She's a sex worker. Fucking go for it. Do your thing, girl. Get it. Get that money. Um, but she does it in public. She'll like go to a dog park on a leash and run around on her hands and knees with the other dogs, with other people there and children and all this stuff. And it's because it's her fetish. And she's decided that it's okay to just do out in public, which is fucked up. Uh, don't do that out in public. If you My want to do it at is home, as long go as, for it. Have as fun. As long as everyone I'm... at the dog part is consenting. But they're not. They're know. strangers. You're not going to walk up to someone and be like, hey, stop doing your fucking fetish shit in front of my kids. Like... Like there is a level of of the thought process of doing that in front of other people is so bad. Like, don't do it. Like, that's like, 
if you want to do fetish stuff, you have to make sure that everyone involved, everyone is enthusiastically consenting to it. And if you're at a dog park and you're like, well, no one's coming up to say, stop doing this because they're too uncomfortable to do it. Guess what? That's not consent. I'm what I'm saying saying nothing, an absence of a yes or an absence of a no is not a yes. That is like just how it is. What I'm saying is that before you fit, before she films, wouldn't she, would she not go up to everyone in the dog park? She does not very protective over their dogs. She does not go up to everyone in the dog park. Well, there was like a whole, there was like a whole, uh, some news channel did like a big piece on it and Mm -hmm. like ask them questions and blah, blah, blah. And she doesn't. Um, while we're here on death proof and we're going to get back on death proof, but no, let's talk about Quentin Tarantino large because now he's Quentin Tarantino, the film director, one of America's greatest film directors. Um, he did go on Howard Stern and, and said some stupid stuff. Would you like me to say, talk about it or should please? Um, so yeah, so he was, I thought we were going to talk about this with once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh, it's like because Polanski's fully in that movie. So. You know what? Let's wait then. But I would like to talk about Mr. Weinstein because I do. This is this is the part of my filmography. This is what ruined my. It, I had a good week last week, but this is what really made me think about Quentin Tarantino and film and the whole industry. Because Harvey Weinstein was his guy. He was, and. I know you disagree, uh, and this is only my opinion. I think he's a very good filmmaker. I think he's very, very, very well-versed in film, and I think people could see that, and I think Harvey Weinstein saw that and put it to the test. He became more powerful because of Harvey Weinstein, or uh, because of Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino made Harvey Weinstein more powerful by simply Mm -hmm. making movies. And uh, here's even some more things that will make you hate him. Um, Uma Thurman, I believe what I read, she wasn't... She Harvey Weinstein did not rape um, uh, Uma Thurman. From what I read, he just groped her. He did, which is bad. I'm not trying to level out. Um, he groped her during like the press tour of Pulp Fiction. And, like, locked her in a hotel room, which is awful. Also, Quentin Tarantino had a girlfriend around this time. I believe her name was Mira Sarvino. Forgive me if I mispronounced it. And Harvey Weinstein did rape her. Um, And she told Quentin Tarantino. And he made five more movies with Harvey Weinstein. Rose McGowan, who's in Death Proof a few years before, was raped by Harvey Weinstein. And is in death proof. And and this is not to her. I'm not saying for her. But she is in death proof. A Harvey Weinstein picture. For me, what that shows is how deep this goes. How, how, How horrible these roots are. And how deep they truly go in Hollywood. And in our minds. And how we see this. And Quentin Tarantino did do nothing. He kept making movies. A quote from Quentin Tarantino. I knew enough to do more than I did. Mm -hmm. There was more to it than just the normal rumors, the normal gossip. It wasn't secondhand. I knew he did these things. 
fuck Quentin Tarantino. He's a piece of shit. He's a piece of garbage. This is where Death Proof confused me. Because the first woman he kills is Rose McGowan. Uh, Kurt Russell in this film. Mm-hmm. But then we get to see him beat up uh, the Zorio Dawson, Zoe Bell. Zoe Bell was actually Uma Thurman's stunt double in Kill Bill. Just some little mm-hmm. fun facts for you. And the other actress... I'm not saying this as a good thing. I'm saying this as a bad thing. I want to make this very clear. Was Quentin Tarantino a coward and just made a movie because of it? Was he just intimidated by Harvey Weinstein? So he made a movie just to stick it to him. That's what I see when I I see Death Proof. And it makes me annoyed. It makes me annoyed. I think Quentin Tarantino is a coward. Because um, Harvey Weinstein he, intimidated think... people. He Harvey Weinstein is truly a bad, 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 bad person. I it is I Quentin Tarantino was unquestionably threatened by him because he could take away everything. He could took take away all of this. It's awful. We all should step up. We should all be better. <laughs> That's what Quentin Tarantino did. I mean, at this point in his his filmography, I don't think he was beholden to Weinstein in the the way that that, um, he couldn't go off to another producer and get more movies made. Right? Like, everyone in the world loves Pulp Fiction. Everyone in the world loves Kill Bill. Everyone in the world loves Reservoir Dogs. These are these are like praised films to mm-hmm. to the nth degree, like to an insane level of 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 worship of Tarantino and and of and of these movies. I don't think there is any reason by the time by the time Death Proof comes around that Tarantino couldn't go to someone else before the right budget. That's who. Who wouldn't get at this? Okay, how despite much was everything Kill that, Bill? That, despite everything that I that I have said about Tarantino, at this time he was on top of the film industry. Like anyone would have given him any amount of money to make any movie, and he chose to stick with Weinstein. I hear, and him. he and he chose to stick with Weinstein. Kill Bill cost thirty million dollars to make. What? And it made. 180 million. Why are those Marvel movies so ugly? 30 million? 30 million. God. Yeah, no. 30 million. Got me there. See, look at that. And you know what? I wasn't going to do this because I was like, no, Sam has to earn it. But you're right. Sam, you just cracked it. Anyone would give him 30 million. I I really million. I really sat here thinking Kill Bill was like a hundred million. Thirty million for for yeah. Kill Bill. Any any fucking studio would have been like, yeah, take fifty. Here you go. Have fun. Any studio. Turning thirty million into an hundred and eighty million dollars. It's awful. It's very, 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 very awful. It's it's truly horrible. Fuck Tarantino that bastard piece of shit
Uh, Glorious Bastards, 2009. Glorious Bastards. Now we're at films Could've that been. I think you actually like. <laughs> Could have been good. Could have been great. Um, Could have been gone. Yeah, it's my. Um, I think it's your turn. This movie is very, very good. I think it's a great movie. Christoph Waltz, forget about it. Christoph makes Waltz this is movie wildly good. Um, I really, really, really like this movie, and I like this movie in Quentin Tarantino's filmography. Um. Yeah, again, that power of watching films. I love that the Nazis don't get that. Nazis no die in a movie theater. Um, w- tell me what you think about this film, but also what do you think about the the change of they kill Hitler as well? But first and foremost, what do you think of this film? Uh, this is a. This is a good movie. I like Inglorious Bastards. I think Inglorious Bastards could be a lot better if Tarantino didn't insist on his style. Um because his style ruins this movie. Like why does why does uh Stieglitz get this weird 70s flashback? with his like with with his name taking up the entire yeah and he's the only character who gets it like it doesn't if the whole movie was that then i wouldn't like the movie but at least it would be consistent right i but he he adds in these like random moments of like slow-mo or of of like this weird close-up or whatever and it's just like why you're not doing anything you're not do you're not adding to this thing you're just like putting in this style because wouldn't it look cool and it's kind of it, it ruins the movie I don't... some of the most some of the best like tense filmmaking i've ever seen is in this movie that opening scene and the scene in the bar are like fucking incredible like they're great um and also yeah hitler deserves to die so sure i don't know kill him why not do you, do you think there's anything wider in his filmography or it's just, yeah, Hitler deserves to die? Kill him. It feels... It sort of feels to me like uh, a bit of a guilty conscience of, oh, I've, you know, he's older now. He, he has gotten enough. Finally, he has, he has gotten enough. The, the white man has gotten enough criticism for him to go. Maybe I was racist. Maybe I was bad. Uh, and so at, with a guilty conscience, he goes, well, I'll make a movie where I kill Hitler and that will make everyone like me again. Is sort of what it feels like. <laughs> um you know, he's like, oh, I, if yeah, I, just, I get that. I if get I just that. kill Hitler, then then it'll be fine. Um, That's sort of what I feel. What about you? Where are you at with Inglorious Bastards? For for me, it's just I really think about his anger because all of these movies are just the engine to every single one of these movies, with the exception of What's Upon Time in Hollywood, slightly is anger. Are these characters are mad for some reason for? 
either, uh, you know, not you're in Nazi Germany or you just got a bullet to the gut, all of, mm-hmm. and everything in between and more. With Hitler, it, to me, this movie is like Quentin Tarantino saying, yeah, I am angry. Also, there's a bit of information that I want to tell you. I forgot to tell you of Kill Bill. During okay. my, my whole mom thing, I was researching this. and I stumbled upon to Quentin Tarantino's uh, family background. So when uh, Quentin Tarantino's mother was pregnant, the father left the picture. Um, and, you know, he grew up. She remarried. He, you know... Had his life in L.A. Cool. And then he started making movies. And then his biological father started acting. And his name is Tony Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino has not met his father. But his father has capitalized on his name. Ain't that funny. Ain't that weird. That is fucked up. Just that, like, stuff like that, like, I don't know. That, like, changes you. As a person. Sure. Um, and I also, just... I apologize if you can hear my neighbor yelling. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. He just yells sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think just Glory's Bastard show the... Yeah, like... Yes, I'm an angry person. I'm fueled by my anger. And you know what? That's good. That's good. All right. I disagree with that statement, but I appreciate an artist, an artist staying true to themselves. Yeah. Um, also, this is uh, Brad Pitt's best performance. Also, what if Paltrow was sexually assaulted by Harvey Weinstein? And Brad Pitt went up to Harvey Weinstein and threatened to beat him up back in the 90s. And in 2009, he's in a Harvey Weinstein picture. I don't know. Just the whole system. I don't know. Yeah, Hollywood fucking sucks. (laughs) Um, Like a lot. His style. I had a point with your style. Because you were talking about his style. Yeah. And you feel like it ruined... Is it just what... Do you feel like it's inconsistent? Do you feel like it's that throughout his films? Or... Yes. Okay. I think it's inconsistent. Uh... Uh... I think it's the most inconsistent in Inglorious Bastards. Um, but I just, I don't, I, I, I said something like, it feels like he's putting polish on a turd. Because mm-hmm. like, I don't think his movies are all that good, but people praise the way that they look. And it's like, okay, but the movie's not good. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you can, You can show me the nicest looking movie in the world. If it's not good, it's not good. Like if it's, if, if the story isn't there, if it's, if the, if the filmmaking doesn't, you know, go past, but it looks cool. It's not a good fucking movie. And you feel like that describes his entire filmography. I think that describes his entire filmography, except for one movie. Only Uh, one. Only one. Ah, uh, and I think, and I think, Glorious Bastards. If it wasn't, if he didn't insist on being obsessed with this stylish bullshit that he's been doing for twenty years, I think Glorious Bastards could be amazing. 
but he's so insistent on it that it ruins the movie. So I imagine when they're trying that plot in the movie theater, you don't like that because it is so filmy. It's very filmy to me. Very, you're saying style over substance. It's quick zooms. It's cuts. It's changing the color palette. It's 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 making the film grainier during this one segment. So I imagine that the last segment, you're not. I think some of it. I think some of it works, but like. The the Stieglitz thing, the like there's random bits of slow-mo in this sort of section. There's just the the even sort of portraying Hitler as as this cartoonish villain uh-huh. is kind of is kind of shitty. Um and uh Yeah, it was just, there's just a lot of little things. And I'm just like, why? Like, just randomly, I'll just be like, why the fuck? Why are you doing this? Like, uh, when the when the two guys sit down in the theater, and then for the one and only time in the movie, we get an x-ray of their legs so that we can see that they have bombs there. And it's like, why? Just like... I don't know. Fucking pick one. Are you going to be a cartoon or are you going to make a real goddamn movie? Like, (laughs) pick one of these two things (laughs) and stick to it, you fucker. Oh, good lord. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You think there's the best Brad Pitt performance? I think so. I think think Brad Pitt is, is very good. In this, I in this do movie. think Brad Pitt gives his best performance in a Quentin Tarantino movie. I do uh, think that. I, all right, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. But you disagree? Well, I hope you disagree with slavery, Sam! I do. Django Unchained, 2012. What? Uh, I don't know whose turn it is. I, I, uh, so here's 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 my issue. I've always Django had a problem Django. with Django, and you know what? I still have a problem with it. I okay. like it. I think this movie it, it's it's well made. It's also fun. Like I think a lot of the the thing that helps all these movies that they're a lot of fun. They are they're not quick. Django's not quick, but <laughs> I I'm not dulled dull when I watch the movie. I I'm very energized, very passionate when I watch his films. Um, This movie just rubs me the wrong way. Is it because it's directed by a white man? I just hear dead nigger storage every time I watch it. Yeah. That's the problem. It's, it is, it is, he's, he's trying, listen, right? Like this is, the first black president was just elected four years ago. He made this movie right before the re-election. He won. The movie comes out on Christmas. I get it. 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 What do you want me to say? Don't get it? I get it. But it is, imagine if Bo Burnham directed Promising Young Woman. <laughs> right? I get it. I get what you mean, man. I, you are reclaiming something that you can't 
reclaim. Yeah. I think Jamie Foxx is great. Uh, I think Christoph Waltz is great. Leonardo DiCaprio is great. And ooh, we Samuel Jackson gets it. He yeah. gets the movie. Um, yeah, I, it rubs me the wrong way, but also I think there is a lot to like. You think this is his best movie, right? I do think I do think Django Unchained is is Quentin Tarantino's best movie because because style uh, I said form has finally met function. The style I think for once actually adds to the story that he's telling. I also share a lot of these problems with the story, with the fact that it is a white man directing this movie about uh, slavery. Um, But it's wild how the cartoonishness finally feels balanced with the like real stuff that's going on mm-hmm. it's not perfect i don't think this is a perfect movie i wouldn't call it like a masterpiece of cinema or whatever but it is it was nice to see a movie where it all kind of worked together for once and i didn't feel like there was any particular part that like stood out as like breaking my immersion in the movie for being too stylistic or too realistic it just like it just Mm -hmm. works the whole way through not to mention jamie fox's performance is great christoph waltz is out of this world and this is uh i think leonardo dicaprio's best performance uh in any of in uh any any movie in any film Uh, yeah i think so once again, have I, I seen all of all of Leo's movies? No, uh, but I've seen a good chunk, and I think this is his best. Once again, I do agree with you that Leonardo DiCaprio's best performance is in a Quentin Tarantino movie. That's just the bad one. <laughs> um, uh, I do, I do take issue. Like, I also don't. I don't know if I fully see meaning in Django other than slavery bad. And um, I, that's the, yeah, that's the easiest way to, it's right? slavery bad, yeah. It's it's also empowering. Like, I get the choice to have Christoph Waltz kill Leonardo DiCaprio. The narrative forces Django to be the hero. And I like that. I think that's very smart. Yeah. I think that's a very cool way to have that happen. Why does why does why does Christoph Waltz get to kill? If we're in your world, Tarantino. No, I get it. Why does he get to kill him? Yeah, why does a white man get to kill him? Uh, I've also heard this quote watching so many Quentin Tarantino interviews. There are so many times during this podcast that I wanted to reference it. I'm like, no, Andrew, you're better. You're better than that to you're reference a Quentin this. Tarantino interview. <laughs> um. Um. He said that. Do you know what Roots is? I yeah. Roots, the Roots. band? No. Oh. Um. So in the late eighties, early nineties, there was this TV show called Roots, a miniseries, and oh, it was about I think slavery. I've heard of it. Yeah, and it's like eighteen hours long. 
um, something outrageous like that. And at the end, the last episode, the slaves take over the plantation and they hook up the, the slave owner, the master to a tree and he's about to whip him. Then the maid slave, you see him, he has the whip and he whips the ground. He throws the whip on the ground. And he's like, and it's just showing we're better than that. We are not them. We are not that mm. evil. And Quentin Tarantino describes it as, and that all across America you hear, no, no, you have to beat him. And you see that in this movie. That's fucked up. <laughs> Again, anger. Our, our angry our angry boy, Quentin Tarantino. Um. Like, I, this movie's heart is in the right place. And I appreciate, he he quite literally made this movie for me. For the little 16-year-old black boy watching this. He made it for me. In, in, I don't, in, in little uh, Irving, Texas. Yes. It's like, this I for was you, Andrew. So much more empowered by the bride. This During these viewings, I was so much more like, yes, yes. I am strong watching Kill Bill than watching Django. Okay. Um, and I don't know, different strokes, different folks, different time in my life. Who see, let's, I know I'm going to rewatch his filmography one day. We'll, we'll see when I'm 30. I never, <laughs> I never want to watch another Tarantino movie for the rest of my life. Um, I'm fully done. Yeah. Anything else with this film? Anything else you have with Django? I still don't like his chapter thing. I think it's still not working. And you think it's lazy. That's what you're. I do think is. it's lazy. I do think so. I think it's. I think it's. Um. Yeah, I think it's making up for for his lack of writing skills. I don't think he's a very good writer. We haven't really talked about. We haven't talked about his writing. The most famous. I, I think he's like. Like 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 top five of the century. That's Andrew Thomas. A hack. Of uh, all of literature? Yeah. yeah. Top I five of the century. I think, he's, I think he's bad. I think he's not good at writing anything. Um, what we show your chapters. You don't like how he breaks things out into chapters. Break things up into chapters. No. Because it... It, it put... Look... Movies cut around and travel through time and space all the time. That's how movies fucking tell stories, right? Yes. If you just put keep putting chapter in front of stuff, it feels like to me that you're just going, I don't know how to make this jump work without just putting chapter in front of it. You could probably, honestly, Tarantino, if you just made the same movie and then took out all the chapter title cards, it would probably be pretty fine. You probably wouldn't change anything about your goddamn movie other I... than make it seem less pretentious. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Pretension's going to do what pretension does. I, I like it. I like that break in between each movie. It makes it feel more like an epic and especially with this back half of his career, they're all almost three hours. 
it makes it feel so big. I feel like it makes it feel big in a good way. Um, yeah. They are long, aren't they? Yeah. Just as long as an infinity sign turned I know, on its right? side. Turned on its hate, side. Hateful eight. Hey, that's my thing. I hate you now, Sam. I hatefully ate you, Sam. I hatefully ate you. <laughs> Why are you eating me? <laughs> 2015. Eating me, Andrew. Hateful eight. A bad film. Well, what do you see? What do you see? Tell me, tell me all your thoughts. Uh, uh, this movie engages in a lot of uh, both sides uh, which was kind of fucked up uh, to said, watch. I'm sorry to interrupt you. You said no, that, okay. and I was confused. What what both sides is there? I didn't see that, and I would love for you to. Explain. It does a lot of it does a lot of humanizing of uh and and justification of uh confederates uh in this movie that I found uh gross and bad. bad. Is there anything that you remember a plot or scene or a piece of dialogue? Uh Walton Goggins' whole story arc uh and and a lot of the the you know the the characters who are not Walton Goggins or Samuel L. Jackson when Sam Jackson is like getting at that one guy, the older uh, yes Bruce Dern yes, mm-hmm. and other people are like, well, hey now, whoa, 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 hey, 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 that's not that bad, you know, and it's like that's kind of fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I really hate Jennifer Jason Lee. Just moving on. I think she's a <laughs> That's bad just actress. a thing. That's just you just That's don't just, like her. Yeah. I think she's really bad. And he she was, was really bad in this. He was rooting for Adam Driver the whole time in uh, a marriage story. Is Jennifer Jason Lee in marriage story? No, but it's about Jennifer Jason Lee. She was married to Noah Baumbach. Oh marriage story is their story. Then, yeah, I'll fucking I'll root for Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're dead. Every day I'll wake up and I hope you're dead. Then yeah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it, Adam. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, and you're talking uh, about no. quitting. Uh. Here, I'm sure. Look, look, I'm sure Jennifer Jason Lee is a perfectly nice human being. I think she's a really bad actress. Uh. And she says the N-word a lot in this movie. So here's the thing. Again, sorry to cut you off. Did you have anything else no. to say? Um, uh, stop stop uh, doing violence against women and stop using rape as like the worst thing that could happen to a to a person. As like kind of a joke, too. That was also really both, fun to... I mean, both, both in Pulp Fiction and in Hateful Eight, they're both used as jokes. Yeah, I, they're both purposefully... Disgusting. Oh, isn't it like I in Pulp Fiction? It's oh, it's a gimp. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that wild? Isn't that something, huh? Mm-hmm. And then he, Bruce Willis, comes back with the samurai sword, and then he's getting raped, and it's supposed to be this huge, outrageous, 
crazy vaudevillian thing, honka honk. Like, yeah. And then also in Hateful Eight, it is used as a joke. Again, how horrendous and how awful someone could be to someone. How yeah. it's it's so. It's like it's so has it's, not dated it's the well. most humiliating thing that mm. could happen to a man is to be raped by another man. Um, I think it's even everything about how fucked up that situation is. Yeah, and also who produced this movie? And right. as well, you're absolutely right. Um, uh, bah, bah, bah. So here's the thing about the N word. Here, I it bothers me in Django the amount of times they say it in Django. It really, yeah, it's a really lot. frustrates me. And I really don't like the, well, it, it's taking place in the antebellum South. How else did they talk? You wrote it. What are you talking about? You wrote yeah. it. What are you talking you about? It. And hatefully, it works and it doesn't bother me at all. Because I feel like it's almost the point. Every single time a character says it, I'm like, yeah, of course. Every character Samuel Jackson, Jennifer Jason Lee, and everyone in between are horrible. They're awful people. I think in my eyes, when I see this movie, it's a direct parallel to Reservoir Dogs. And how I said um, it's Quentin Tarantino with Reservoir Dogs. It's Quentin Tarantino trying to figure out how to be a man and all these voices in his head. I think this is the anger. This is where it all culminated. This is every angry, malicious, nasty, gross thing that you've seen in all of his other seven movies up to this point. Nine. Lee. This is the ninth movie. Eight, eight other movies. Oh. Kill Bill is two movies. So this is his eighth movie leading up to this eighth film. Um... Yeah, has eight eight movies leading up to his eighth film. Um, this is what it all led to, and I love that everyone dies, every single person dies, because it leaves you, it, at least it leaves me, in the same feeling that Reservoir Dogs ends, where Harvey Cartel is assumedly shot by the cops. What was the point of all of this? Well, what was the point of trying to figure out to be a man? What's the point of this anger, this hate? What is the point? I I think there is a lot of self-criticism here. This was the movie that made me think how much Quentin Tarantino hates Quentin Tarantino. I think a lot of this okay. movie is I hate I hate myself too, guy. You're not fucking special. Like what do you now that's the thing that arrogance has never lost. <laughs> Every single one of these movies were were fueled by arrogance into an angry engine. Hope that wasn't good enough metaphor, Quentin. Um, <laughs> I, I, Andrew Quentin Tarantino is really bad at metaphor. I think you'll have to explain it to him a little bit, a, a little bit clearer. Oh, I like this story. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I really, really dug this movie. And also, I watched the extended edition, because I'm a mad Oh, man. you piece of shit. I, I, I also, I saw this movie, I don't think I've ever seen the version of this movie that you've seen, Sam. I saw it in 70 millimeter when it first came out, which was longer. It was basically the extended cut. Um, 
yeah, the movie came out in four, like a four hour or maybe like a three fifty running time, and there was an intermission in the film at the theater. Um, fuck this dude, <laughs> fucking. I with this one, I like it. People don't make movies like this anymore. People don't for a, for good for good I think for awful reason. reasons because for everything has to reason. look together because everything has to look like the Avengers. It's for awful reasons. That's not why. It's because I don't want to because I know two people who really want to go watch a four hour long movie and it's you and Justin. But it's also an event. Going to the movies is special. And I like how how sacred he he has over that with his films. And with films. I love that about the filmmaker, Quentin Tarantino. I ain't talking about the person. They're one and the same. They dude. are one and the I, same. I'm... I don't know. It feels... Like Tarantino just makes movies for angry white dudes or people who have a Andrew, I'm gonna say something and it's gonna be mean to me, but I don't mean it to no, I don't mean it towards you or to Justin, but I hope you understand. Okay, please, please finish him. (laughs) Tarantino makes movies for angry white dudes and people who are far too obsessed about theaters and films oh <laughs> uh and if you're not one of if you don't fall into one of those two categories then uh you'll probably get killed or raped in one of his movies so ow! hey hey you're not wrong that i i can't be 100 right is the cup blue or are you drinking something blue? I'm sorry. No, it's like it's a blue cup. Okay, it's a blue cup. Because it started to dis. It's not as blue on yeah, top. Yeah, it fades, And I was like, yeah, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> it's bluer down here than it is up here. I was like, Sam, Gatorade doesn't work in this heat. You need water. You need actual water. You got it. You got it, my my guy. Um, uh, theater film. Yeah. He- I mean, yes, I agree with you, but also, much like Rick and Morty, much like Star Wars, his fans do ruin him completely. We all know a Tarantino bro. We all know someone who loves Quentin Tarantino. And like, if you love Quentin Tarantino, that's not necessarily the truth. But every every guy that you're like, yeah, I'll invite him to the party, but... I hope he doesn't say something, some weird joke that makes all the girls at the party feel really uncomfortable. I hope he's not a guy who comes up to my black friends and says, yo, what's up, my nigga? I, I, we all know that guy. And all those guys love Quentin Tarantino, oddly it's enough. It's true. I get that. But Rick and Morty is good. <laughs> but Rick and Morty <laughs> is good. It's really, really creative. And Star Wars is like film. That's what we were doing the whole time. That's what it was. And I think Quentin Tarantino really gets cinema. Gets it. And and for better or for worse, he made it his. And that's what I love about it. He made his cinema. 
he took the rules of cinema of what he saw and then he made it his own and that's what you want from an artist right not what i want from this artist i want this artist to go die in a hole <laughs> a big hole a big hole on the on the on the sunset boulevard strip baby you know how dying in a big hole it's like it's like in in fantasies you know how they have a moat and sometimes the big do you wanna, falls in hey, the hole Andrew, right? do you want to like take this one again do you want to like go back to one all right all right all right all right so Let's hateful eight one. it's a film we like hateful eight it's hateful I it's don't hateful like i like it but you don't Jeez, just like a classic fantasy two opposing sides trying to meet once upon a time and welcome back what i don't know guys i'm sweating it's hot i turned off my fans because it's not that hot but i'm sweating i'm losing oh to 20 2019's once upon a time in hollywood now we have talked about this film in an hour but also we were different people back then we did. I wanted to go listen to that podcast, and then I didn't. Same. So I don't know what I said. Same. I'm sure I've said bad things. I apologize for all of them. But I like this movie. <laughs> it still sucks. I still think this movie sucks. Honestly, I would put this movie on Pulp Fiction's level. The only issue with this movie, it doesn't have Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, this movie also has one person of color. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's one so, guy willing out Brad Pitt at the end. <laughs> who else is there? No, the, no uh, uh, the guy who plays... Uh... Bruce Lee. Oh, of course, yes, of course. <laughs> so there's two. Anybody, kill, anybody accidentally kills anybody, you go to jail. It's called manslaughter. <laughs> that is that was a good. That's a good line. <laughs> um. Yeah. Should I go first? Should you go first? Well, you go. First. I don't. You go first. All right. I think this movie still sucks. I think, because this was the same movie that, the same movie, the same year that Irishman came out, right? Yes, it was. And that was like a big thing. I don't like Irishman, but at least Martin Scorsese knows how to make a movie. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I don't know. It's just not doing anything. It's just... You spend this movie talking about, you know, being on the outs of your career and, and you know, maybe regret of what you've done in the past, only to end this movie by fully indulging in that thing that you've done in the past. And, and it's like, what are you, this isn't, putting two contradicting things next to each other isn't saying anything, that's just putting two contradic- contradictory things next to each other. For me, it, it, for me, what I see when I see this movie is this in our real world life, movies are changing. 
They are. Every time I stroll through a streaming service, kind of get a little sad to see Piranha 3 Double D and The Godfather just right back to back, just back to back on the same streaming site. I don't know. Yeah, it did just you never go to Blockbuster? That just gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, but it's physical. I can touch it. There's a difference. I'm an old man, Sam. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, it's a guy who's unsure and scared and just wants to be transported back to when he was six. To, to that world. He, he desperately wanted to make movies then. He desperately wanted to make movies then. When the world was was unquestionably more awful. Just just worse. Totally worse. Huh? And, and politically yeah. and in the film industry. And he does hate it. He hates... I don't know. This movie, to me, is just Quentin Tarantino bleeding for three hours. Is, is him being regretful and him feeling bad that he still feels this way, that he still wants to meet racist John Wayne, that he still wants to work with, with racist John, John Wayne, still wants to be cool with Steve McQueen and, and, and all these people. But also it's about a buddy, the importance of having a buddy, <laughs> having a nice friend. And I feel like the ending isn't... This is where it gets more historical. It's him letting out his frustration the only way Quentin Tarantino knows how to. This frustration to these three people who historians say ended the, 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 the hippie movement, ended the, the, the open love in the 60s that, and made a more scary, colder 70s which is totally reflected in film. Um, it's him truly just yelling at these three idiots and wishing that we could save this one woman. And then I feel like the ellipse is at the end when it says, once upon a time, dot, 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 in Hollywood. Reality crashes. Tarantino sucks. The move... The world sucks. These people, the Manson family killed, brutally killed these people in this house. They stabbed a pregnant woman like 80 times in the stomach. The world sucks, but movies are great. That's that's kind of, to me, what I see in this film. I hope that made sense. <laughs> it made sense. I just don't like it. I just don't mm. like the fucking movie. I just think Tarantino... I don't know. I'm just tired of his obsession. Period. I'm tired of his obsession. With okay. feet, with violence, with films, with Hollywood. I'm tired of it. You I feel like just it's... just tired. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't, I, I mean, we've talked about this before. I just, I'm not the sort of person to hold reverence for things 
of the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why that is, but it's just how I am. So this the, just a lot of his filmography just being so obsessed with the past just bugs me, I guess. I don't know. I'm just like, move on. Go to therapy. You'll be okay. Yeah, right? I agree. Yeah, right? So, I mean, are you thrilled about his last movie? One last time? One last ride? I'm not going to see it. 100%? Um, You're 100% not? Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Damn. Uh, (laughs) not Not after learning everything that I've learned in the past month about this dude. Not after seeing all these movies and being just... Uh, truly disgusted by this human being who uh, I don't want to give money or time or energy to uh, after we finish this podcast. After I edit this podcast, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Tarantino leaves your brain, much like Dumbledore yeah. taking a memory out. Ooh, reference oh, a problematic another... artist with another one, baby. Yeah, that's the, that was something. Um, I just, I'm just tired. I'm just tired of it, man. By the time I got to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I was just like, I'm so tired of this bullshit. It's the same bullshit, and I'm just tired of it. Mm-hmm. What What did you learn about yourself? About movies? About Anything and everything with these with these nine or ten movies, how, however you want to look at it. Uh, Hollywood is deeply fucked. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't remember the last time I was like so disgusted by a movie or a movie. Or a filmmaker in in um, my life, I just can't do it. I don't know. I just like can't like the like the past couple of weeks. I've like just I've watched in, in my time between Tarantino's. I've watched like all the Mission Impossible's, the original Ocean's trilogy, and all the. Daniel Craig James Bond movies because I was just like I need something that I don't have to think about mm-hmm. that can just be fun and goofy and it's not doing anything else and are those movies perfect with their with their violence uh, towards women god no James Bond is a fucked up character um, but like I don't know. The overlap of, of some of the actors was really nice. You know, seeing Ving Rhames in all the Mission Impossibles was yeah. cool. Seeing Brad Pitt in all the oceans. Um, uh, seeing Christoph Waltz show up in, in uh, James Spectre. Bond. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, it's nice to know that these actors can do other good stuff. And I don't have to be you know, if I'm ever in, in like, a, ooh, I want to see Christoph Waltz be a really good bad guy, I can just watch Spectre. You know? Like, <laughs> if I ever want to see Brad Pitt 
just like be a good like just be good in something i can watch pretty much any of his movies but i could also just watch oceans you know yeah do you think quentin tarantino is a relic of hollywood that needs to be exiled I don't think he needs to be... I mean, I would like him to be exiled, but I don't think he needs to be exiled. I don't think he will be. I hope... I don't know. I hope... I hope... Filmmakers don't... I don't want the next Tarantino to be a headline that I see. You know what I mean? Uh, No, I completely hear you. Yeah. Uh but yeah, what about what about you? Did you what did you feel you learned so much? How are you feeling about this whole thing? Art's weird. What art what you can do with art. No one no there's not a book. There's no rules. Yeah. Yeah, there're millions of books, but they won't tell you what to do. You can do whatever. It, it lands on your back. Um, I just wrote, I wrote all his films shorthand on my notebook while taking notes. I'm just looking at all of them and all the mixed emotions that I felt in a week. Sam can testify to this forever. It's hard for me to get into things. And it was hard for me to get into this project, doing Reservoir Dogs, doing Pulp Fiction, knowing that I, knowing that I didn't, wasn't really thrilled with Kill Bill the last time I saw it or Django. That I knew Hateful Eight was very long and I knew I wanted to do the extended edition. I was just like, oh no, oh no. Then Kill Bill just lit something in me. And watching the other ones and really thinking about how they relate to one another. What an artist is saying about... And Quentin Tarantino, he likes movies, if you didn't know. What he's saying about the film industry. What he's saying about the past, present, and future of it. I just, yeah, I think it's very, very, for me, very powerful. Very thoughtful. I don't know. I hate to say it because I agree with you. He's not a great guy. He did a lot of awful things. He caused a lot of hurt. Did not... Stop making movies with Harvey Weinstein until the world blew up in his face. Um, but I'll say it. I don't know. As a kid who watched a lot of movies with his mom and his dad, a lot of per- a lot of time in his life, he didn't have a lot of friends, and the friends were the people on screen. I get it, Quentin. I get it. <laughs> um. Yeah. See, I'm, t- I'm I'm like choking up just thinking about his movies. Really, these movies just like I just really did a whole 360 on me. A whole whole yeah. I I I wish movies. I wish more movies were made. We got a lot of content out there. I wish more movies were made. I wish more TV shows were made. We get a lot of content, but. <sighs> Yeah. When he make his last movie, what we got, I don't know, we got Lulu Wang. The Farewell was out of this world. Farewell was fucking... I don't know. Barry Jenkins is doing Lion King 2. I don't know. 
Who else do we got? Like, I don't like, I'm like. Ari Aster, Jordan Peele. Jordan Roger, Peele. Roger Egert, Ebert, whatever his name is. Um, uh, Nia DaCosta. I haven't seen any of her films. I'm going to, but I just. I haven't either, but Candyman looks great, so. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, no, I really, really think he's a very strong and powerful artist who enabled one of the worst people in any entertainment industry. So what do we do? Yeah. Um, I was going to yell about Quentin Tantino defending Roman Polanski, but uh, we've sort of passed that. He did it on Howard Stern. Yes, he did. Uh, You can look that up. You can look up all the other bullshit that Tarantino has done. On google.com slash Quentin Tarantino. (laughs) Yeah. Just see what happens. Uh, um, Yeah. uh, My name is Sam Bannigan. And I'm Andrew Thomas. Thank you so much for listening to this Tarantino long podcast. Um about quentin tarantino uh uh, if you want to support the show you can follow us all over the place at welcome back pod um uh if you want to join our patreon uh, and join lennox studios in producing our show uh, you can join our patreon patreon.com slash welcome back pod for as little as five bucks a month you get a bonus episode every single month yeah 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 uh uh so if you want to financially support us head on over there it's a good time uh if you don't have the money that's totally we get it it's a pandemic baby um uh so if you want to follow us on social media subscribe to us on different podcatchers review the show like the tracks all those different things on all the different places you can do that and it helps the show out immensely Mm. and also listen quentin tarantino Especially for our generation. We know him. I know he got friends out there. Not those not those jerk guys, but the real friends, the real homies who have real, real conversations about Quentin Tarantino. Send them our way. We I I would love to hear people's thoughts on Quentin Tarantino. I am so just enthralled by this guy. And I also don't like this guy. I'm so curious on what other people think of his filmographies what other people think so just send us a send this very long podcast or two hour long podcast who's to say send it to your friend and we will say howdy to them just tell your friends about us that that very much appreciated <laughs> yeah and uh, you were on a horsey what nothing